Welcome to Living Holistically with Dane and Indy. Where we empower you with the tools and knowledge of some of our favorite experts to help create your optimal health and lifestyle. We're your hosts, parents to three chickens and a dog in the hills of Melbourne, novice gardeners and health coaches serving other couples. Thank you for being here today. We hope you enjoy this episode. On today's episode, we have Dr. Margaret Paul, co-creator of Inner Bonding, a transformative emotional healing process and author of several best-selling books. Margaret holds a PhD in psychology and is a relationship expert, noted public speaker, workshop leader, and educator. She has appeared on many radio and TV shows, including Oprah, and has successfully worked with thousands of individuals and couples, teaching classes and seminars since the 1960s. We wanted to have her on this season to share with you the connection between our spiritual beings and what we put in our bodies, as well as how poor nutrition can cause us unnecessary emotional pain. This interview only scratches the surface of the guidance and wisdom Margaret has to share, and we cannot recommend enough digging deeper with Diet for Divine Connection, which Indy and I recently listened to the entire audiobook on our last road trip to Byron, as well as the inner bonding process, which has been pivotal for us in our relationship. As always, make sure to check out the show notes for everything we talk about today, including the link to our latest book, Diet for Divine Connection. So thank you so much for being here, Margaret Paul. We're so grateful to have you on our show. Well, thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And could you please uh, start with a bit about your background for those who aren't familiar with you and also um, how you developed your relationship and understanding of food as it is today? Yeah. So um, I was born on a farm and I was a healthy little girl because my parents used to put me outside and I loved being outside. But then when I was 13 months old, we moved to Los Angeles during wartime And I left my grandfather, who was the only person I was connected to, and I got really, really sick. And I almost died, actually. And so I was a sickly kid, um, a lot of of illness. And by the time I was in my early 20s, I just really hated being sick. And and at that time, I started reading everything uh, that was available. I read Silent Spring by Rachel Carson, and that just totally impacted me. I threw everything out of my kitchen at that time, and there was one little tiny health food store in Los Angeles. Kept moving, and I kept following it, and and, and just eating only organic. And um, and I got married. I had kids. Everything organic for a very long well, all this time now. Um, that was fifty eight years ago. So. I, I've never had a McDonald's hamburger. I don't know anybody who hasn't. But, but I mean, I've been, I was called a health food nut when I was in college because I was eating, you know, clean, organic food and nobody else was. But I had to, I mean, it was working. So I knew that I had to stay with it. And, of course, now people are just finally catching on to it. But, you know, unfortunately, I see a lot of people my age who are falling apart, you know. And I'm not at all. I've got a ton of energy and, and great health. And I'm very grateful that I found out about this so early. Yeah. And for those who haven't seen what Margaret Paul looks like, you have to look her up because she <laughs> looks so youthful and young. And I, I probably couldn't even guess your age. <laughs> so it's a real testament. Well, I turned 81 a few years ago. No. Uh, no. A few months ago. Stop. Excuse me. 81 what? a few months ago. Yeah. 
What? We're going to share the video to our audience. That is incredible. Yeah, we'll have to share a picture because, yeah, that is a real testament to everything you've done in life and what that can really do for someone. Um, So I guess that sort of, I guess, leads into a bit. I know this is quite recent, um, but what inspired you then to write your latest book, Diet for Divine Connection? So what inspired me is that... um, after many years of trying to understand how to have what I wanted um, at will divine connection, I, I knew there was a way to stay connected. But I tried so many things. I tried, I had a guru and meditation and listening to tapes and everything. I tried so many things to have that. I'd, I'd experience it here and there, but I wanted it when I wanted it. And um, so... 36 years ago, I, I, had been, I had been practicing traditional psychotherapy for 17 years, and I wasn't happy with it. I had had a ton of my own therapy, wasn't happy with it, and wasn't happy with the results of working with my clients. And so 36 years ago, I started to pray for a process that would really help people. And that's when I met the co-creator of Inner Bonding, Dr. Erica Chopich. She had half the process. I had half the process. So um, through developing inner bonding, Spirit kind of downloaded it for us. It's really an amazingly powerful process. has changed my life. Um, and I began to understand the power of intention. And in inner bonding, there's only the intention to learn about loving yourself and sharing your love with others or the intention to protect against pain with some form of controlling behavior. So... Um, I started to open to learning, and all of a sudden, I started to have this connection. And I thought it was because I was consciously opening to learning, and that was part of it. But I thought, oh, if I just teach my clients this, they'll be able to open too. But they weren't. Most of them weren't. Uh, They would be able to, to have that connection the way I did. But it didn't happen for them. And so it took me a while to understand that it's about frequency. And the reason that I could connect was not only was my frequency high from being open to learning, but was high because of how I was eating. And so there's the frequency of the body and there's the frequency of the mind. And so in in Diet for Divine Connection, the subtitle is Beyond Junk Foods and Junk Thoughts to at-will divine connection. And that's why I wrote it, because this is so powerful. It's so powerful for people to understand that they can have this this direct connection that, that tells them what's loving to them, what's in their highest good, what's right for them, what's wrong for them. But they've got to be dealing with their frequency, and that means no junk foods and no junk thoughts. And, you know... Years ago, the, the indigenous people knew this. They, they were eating natural food, and they had a spirit. You know, they, were, they were connected to spirit, and they could, they could contact spirit when they wanted to because they were open to that, and they were eating well. Well, then, you know, junk food came uh, on, on, you know, into our society, and, and people got away from eating well. And it's so sad because it's so mind-numbing. It, it, it's, not only, it's not only causing so much illness, but it, it's mind-numbing. It's, it's dumbing down people. 
And in that dumbed down state, the uh, people are really vulnerable to, um, to authorities, to people who tell them what to do. And I mean, you can see what's happening in this country. It's just been a disaster because of, of how people are eating. And, and, you know, with the whole thing with COVID too, because, you know, it's these underlying illnesses that are the result of eating badly that make people vulnerable to something like COVID. And so it's so important. I mean, it, you know, it's a, it's a very big issue. It's a big issue with the factory farms and, and, you know, as opposed to regenerative farming and all of that. So that's what motivated me to write the book. A part that you mentioned as well that we hear a lot in your work is that is taking responsibility, which is, is this, it's really key for ourselves and our happiness but it also goes towards health and food as well. And so it's an area that we see a lot too is that, that level of, well, for ourselves, is that taking responsibility for our emotions or even our um, wounded self. But that also goes into taking responsibility for our choices in food and that impact it has on our health, but also on the planet and others. So would you like to share more about in that aspect of things? Yeah, so <laughs> this, I mean, obviously this is a very big issue. And, and what I see over and over again, is that people are very resistant to that. They're, they're very resistant to love. They're, they're, they're afraid that if they really open and learn to truly love themselves, that they're somehow going to be vulnerable to being controlled by others, or they won't be a part of their tribe, or something bad will happen. And so they, they, they're resistant to really taking responsibility for their feelings, which is a major aspect of loving yourself. And, and obviously that goes into both the physical, emotional, the spiritual, the financial. I mean, there's so many areas where we have to take responsibility for ourselves. But when people decide that they really want to be responsible for themselves, for their feelings, for their well-being, for their happiness, their peace, their health, their joy, then it actually becomes easy. You know, people, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very careful about what I put in my body. And people say, well, you know, how do you have this willpower and all that? I, I don't have any willpower. I don't use willpower. It, it's not a matter of willpower. It's a matter of love. I'm just not going to feed myself something that's not loving to my body. I did that with my kids, and I do it with me. It's, it's just not loving to put things in your body that's not natural to your body. And it's not loving to think thoughts like I'm not good enough or I'll never make it or what's the matter with me, I'm inadequate. It's just not loving to be, to be treating ourselves that way, to be judging ourselves, to be harming our bodies. And so when, when people shift from trying to control, in, in the inner bonding process, there's just those two intentions. Either you're trying to control and avoid responsibility or your intention is to love yourself and share your love. So when you consciously shift your intention into loving yourself, then food becomes actually really easy because why, why would you want to put something that, that has no nutritional value that's, that's factory farmed, that's got pesticides and colors and preservatives and, and, and has been monocropped and has no nutrients and it's come out of dirt rather than soil and, and, and has been you know, over-processed, ultra-processed. 
why would you want to do that to yourself? Well, when you really, when your intention is really to love yourself, you don't want to. And so it becomes really easy to eat well. But, you know, it's a challenge because, because so many people have been eating so badly for so long, their gut is very out of balance. And, and as I'm sure you know, the imbalance in the gut not only creates illness, it brings toxicity into the body, but it also creates toxicity in the brain, which creates anxiety and depression and all the neurological disorders. And so, um, uh, you know, it, it's all one. Um, we're not separate. Our emotions and what we put in our body and how we feel are all tied in. But when people have been eating badly, that means that the, their gut bacteria is out of balance. And the bad bacteria crave the junk food. It craves the sugar and the carbs. And so when I first started to do this, I had been eating junk food. It was hard. I had a sugar addiction. It was not easy because the craving, it's not only emotional. I was not only using food emotionally, but physically. The craving is there when your gut's out of balance. But if you, if you keep at it and you rebalance your gut, you find that the cravings go away. And in fact, I can't stand things with sugar anymore. It tastes horrible to me. That's been true for a very long time. I, I have no trouble staying away from it because it tastes awful to me. Yeah, we, I think we found similar with going, you know, and eating like a little bit of Cadbury or something. Here, it's just like, it just tastes th- awful. Yeah, it's a milk you know, like, dairy chocolate. It like burns just, your tongue yeah. or something. <laughs> it, it's got too much sugar. And what do you find are generally the biggest challenges with that with clients that you see? Because obviously they there's so many false beliefs and stories you know like about it's too expensive or you know i easy for you but like you know as you said i don't have the self-control like what does it end up coming down to psychologically for people to push through that well you know i i do address the issue of um of it being expensive and you know it really shouldn't be the the junk food should be expensive and the good should be cheap but there are places like like here, there's Costco where they sell it. They even sell it at Walmart. And people can have their own gardens. There's, you know, people have gotten away from, from growing their own food, but they can even even in pots. So there, there are ways. And what people don't realize is the expense of being sick. You know, <laughs> that, that's, that's way more costly than what they're going to spend on, on healthy food. And the other thing they don't realize is how little food we need when we're eating um, dense, nutritionally dense food. You know, people are way overweight. They're eating way too much, and they don't, they don't get full because they're eating junk, and junk doesn't fill them up. But when they um, eat nutritionally dense food, they don't need a lot. And so really, people find, I've worked with people who have very, very little money. We have people, we have kids here who, we've got a ranch, we have kids here who who help us on the ranch who have very little money. They're in school, they're putting themselves through school, and they learn how to eat well on very little money. People can do it, if they want to. If they want to. There's there's a young woman that, that works here, and when she came here a few years ago, she was like 26 years old. And on Sundays when I go help with the horses when I'm not working, I go out in the field. I can run. Boy, can I run. And 
she was like a hundred pounds overweight and she couldn't run at 26 years of age. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so she said to me, and that's, that's not okay. You can run and I can't, that's just not okay. And she asked me for help and I gave her help. She was motivated. She went online. She learned about food. I mean, that's what it takes. You have to want to learn. You have I mean, I've done tons of research. I'm learning all the time because there's always more to learn about it. Well, she was motivated and she learned and she came to me when she had questions. And in a year, she lost 100 pounds. Not only that, but she was a lost soul. She had no idea what she wanted to do in life. But because of eating well and losing all that weight, she got her mind back. And she's actually a brilliant young woman. She managed to get scholarships. She just is graduating college in a couple of months. She knows exactly what she wants to do. She wants to work with agriculture and soil and all that. She's going to go on for her master's degree. She, she left a, um, a do-nothing boyfriend. She's in a new relationship with a wonderful young man. Her life has changed. And she, she, she's been working for us on and off when she... Because of COVID, she, she couldn't work. So now she works here. We're real careful here. And so I get to see her, and she's beautiful. She's energetic. Um, she's, she's clear. I mean, it's just amazing. But she, and I didn't even work with her, but I mean, I didn't work with her as a client, but I helped her with the food, and I sent her to the Inner Bonding website and said, Take her free course. And so she learned inner bonding. She learned about taking responsibility for herself. I can't make people want that, but she wanted it, see, and she did it, and her whole life has changed as real. Just a joy to see her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess that sort of the ends up being the upside maybe of sometimes having these health challenges is it's one of the best motivators. And I can say from personal experience, like it is way more expensive to get to that point where you've been putting, you know, bad stuff in your body um, and then have to try and get, you know, regain that health. Like it's, it's way more expensive to try and um, try and reverse all that damage. But um, yeah, if, if people could try and get that motivation, you know, without it being such a painful motivation, you know, even just some little symptoms, I mean, I think it's so normalized in today's world to have those symptoms be okay. But even what if it's it just okay? mm. a little okay symptom. to not have high energy, mm. to not have great health, to, to lose your creativity, <laughs> to not have a spiritual exactly. connection, to be mm. numbed out, to be tired. Why mm. is that? I don't get it. Why is that mm. okay? Mm, exactly. All the skin conditions, all the gut conditions. and Yeah, it's just very very common so it's normalized now but if if yeah you can even take some of that discomfort and use it as motivation i think that would be yeah that would be way more beneficial than getting to the end of the line and having chronic illness and yeah it's just so much harder to reverse them but also doable yeah and and you know a lot of young people they don't think about how they want to be when they're older you know, they think, oh, they're okay now. They've got energy. They can do it. And then, you know, they get to be 40, 50, and suddenly it hits them. And, and they're not living a, a vibrant life. So, you know, I always encourage people, start, start early. 
<laughs> you know, when, when, when my kids were growing up, um, obviously most of the people that they went to school with were eating junk. They were not happy with me that they weren't, you know, and sometimes they'd trade with people and stuff like that. But, you know, how come they have to eat different than everybody else? Now, especially with COVID, you know, they they got their own kids and everything, but they, you know, because of how they were brought up, now they're thanking me. Gosh, mom, how did you know that then? Thank you for feeding us that way. That we know that our immune systems can handle all this now. It took a long time for them to be appreciative, but it, they finally were. <laughs> yeah, so I guess you'd encourage other parents struggling with that and today just to keep at it, you know, <laughs> as much as they resist. It's definitely worth it. The thing you said in the Divine Connection we heard, and I had to tell you to stop it on that part because that was definitely what we resonate with and what we connect with and what we want to share as a sort of a, um, as a message as well, is that when you mentioned that uh, so many uh, diets are based on a chosen philosophy rather than a personal insight from divine guidance, would you like to share more about that aspect? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I respect anybody's food choices as long as it's clean, organic, natural, the way people ate hundreds of years ago. But it, I think it's, it's very sad when people decide on a way of eating without checking in with their body and without checking in with their higher guidance. It took me a long time of learning to tune in to how food, food affects me. My body is really sensitive. And so I'm very affected by food, but it took a long time for me to not be numbed out to that and to understand what my particular body needs. And so I don't recommend a particular way of eating to anybody. When I work with people, it's just, you know, clean, organic, what, you know, but stay tuned in because some people can have a vegan diet, but other people it's killing them, you know, and some people just can't tolerate meat. And so they have to tune in. And this is part of what I teach people in the book is, is, is how to tune in to their body, how, how, to, how to honor what they feel and how to tune into that guidance so that they are guided in what's truly in their highest good, what will really bring about health. And, and it takes time. It takes time to tune in. It took me time to understand you know exactly how how I need to eat. Um, now I love. I just absolutely love how I eat. I mean, people will say, "Oh, you know, hell of food, yeah." But when they in my house, they say, "Oh my God, this is the best food I've ever had." You know, they they forget how how wonderful good food is, and it's it, it's not a matter of depriving yourself because really, there's delicious things in good food if you. If you're open and if you look for it, I make absolutely wonderful, delicious things. Uh, but again, you have to stay tuned into what works for you. This episode is brought to you by Barclay Eyewear, the only blue blockers created by a health professional and that will protect you from day to night from the harmful spectrums of artificial light. If you haven't heard what all the fuss is about, make sure you check out season one, episode six, where Dane and I delve into all things light and circadian rhythms to understand why these are a game changer for your health. And to say thank you for your support, we've got an exclusive discount of 15% off if you use the code HOLISTIC15. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C-1-5. 
just head to barkleyeyewear.com. That's B-A-R-K-L-E-Y-E-Y-E-W-E-A-R.com. I have a lot of people, I guess, too, that can be quite a foreign um, sort of comprehension of what that is because people don't have that connection to the spirit or higher self to see what that, like, they go, oh, I'm craving McDonald's, for instance, whereas that, that's probably more of the, I guess, the bacteria in your gut as well, or also just like your, your ego if you want to get stuck on a certain diet or way, because I've been through multiple different diets and I was very fixated on a certain way of eating because it was just the, um, the doctrine I learned and I was really obsessed with that, whereas I've got to a point now where it's like, it's very difficult to teach this of like listening to what your body needs and that it will call and it will go towards the foods that it needs that, to nourish it. So in winter time, we eat lots of grass fed butter, but come spring and summer, we just instantly stopped eating that. It wasn't a choice that we made from our mind. It was just that our bodies just felt called to stop having butter because it's just, that's the transition with seasons as well. And so our focus is always on trying to grow it ourselves at home here in our garden and organically as much as we can and then buy and support local organics as well. And so by feeding that back into our bodies, it just, it just enhances our ability to listen to what our bodies actually want and let go of what the mind, mm-hmm. the sort of the doctrine that we um, learn from social media or influences out there. So Right. And, and, you know, like I was saying, it takes time to really read the body because the bad bacteria will tell you, oh, yeah, McDonald's, McDonald's. Oh, yeah, that's that'll do it for me. And so it's a matter of really loving yourself enough to eat well for long enough until the body gets cleansed and, and healed of that. And then it becomes really easy to tune in. You know, it's, it's so much easier now to tune into your feelings. How does your body feel? How do you feel emotionally? to tune into your guidance once your frequency is high enough due to the good nutrient-dense food. It sounds like you have found that out, that that now you can tune in. Now you can be guided by your body and your higher guidance. Mm. And um, when as well, would you recommend, because obviously we want to recommend that people do look at um, Diet for Divine Guidance, the book, but would you recommend people first look at Inner Bonding on its own? You know, I have two recent books. One is The Diet for Divine Connection, and one is The Inner Bond Workbook. So I think it's best to start with Diet for Divine Connection, get the overview, get, and then go through the Inner Bonding Workbook to really ground it, you know, and really do, do the exercises, do the practice. Inner Bonding is a fabulous process, but it does take practice. And, and the Inner Bonding Workbook will give people the practice of really bringing it into life for them. So that that's the order that I think people should should read it in. I think it's great too, giving them that sort of foundation understanding of that. And it's not just, again, this season is based on nutrition, which is great, but understanding, as you said in, in your book, a divine, Diet for Divine Connections, that it's just also, it's also the thoughts and emotions that have an impact because we can definitely ourselves have, you know, we're eating extremely, I guess, clean and organic and whole food and minimally processed, but we're still trying, working through our personal challenges of our wounded self and knowing that it can also impact our health in ways. And so we still have to commit to doing that work and there'll be times where we come up where we're both trying to control each other to some degree and we're being conscious of that and so it also feeds into the body and they find those times can be quite challenging for physically emotionally can have such an impact on our body physically as well as nutrition so it's such interconnected 
so it is no like compartmentalized mm. um, reductionist approach. It's just an, whereas a whole interconnected being that involves so many intricate sort of details and it can't be just um, focused on one area and just be like, just focus on fitness and training and, and mm. the nutrition and, and then, like, neglect everything else because it's also intricately sort of connected. So, well, and, and, and when, when, you know, when a person's intention is to control other people, like in relationships, it happens all the time. We've all been trained to do that, but also to control their own feelings because they don't know how to manage their feelings. I mean, most of us did not grow up. I certainly didn't. Learning how to manage our, our painful feelings. You know, my, my parents had no idea how to manage pain. They had no idea how to manage theirs, how to manage mine. And so you grow up not knowing how to manage your feelings and how to learn from them, how to understand what they're telling you. And so you want to avoid them. And, and food is a major way. Food, alcohol, drugs, all these things that, you know, that cause problems are a major way of avoiding our feelings. So it is all tied in. It's mind, body, spirit. The more you learn to, to take responsibility for your emotions, and this is what inner bonding teaches people to do, is, is how to really do that, how to learn from your feelings. All our feelings have information for us and, and how to heal that wounded part of us that so wants to control everything, to control our feelings, to control how, how people feel about us, to control the outcomes of things. We just want to control and We've been brought up to think we can, but we can't. And, and so as people learn to accept um, what they have no control over and to control what they can, which is their own intention, and to really learn to love themselves, then, of course, like I said, it becomes much easier to eat well because you're not using food to avoid your feelings. You're not eating emotionally. You know, that, that's a huge issue that people use their addictions, and food is a major addiction for a lot of people. And so if they don't know how to take responsibility for their feelings, if they don't know how to connect to a source of love and, and truth and peace, and joy and wisdom and comfort, which is here for all of us, but if they don't know how to do that, um, then they, they, they're too scared of their feelings, understandably, because it hurts and they don't know what to do with them. So they want to squash them down and food is a major way, especially junk food, sugar and processed food. It's a major way of avoiding your feelings. And so, so we can't separate it out. You know, what, what I found with me and my clients is that the more you learn to truly take responsibility for your feelings, to learn what your feelings are telling you, they have so much information, the easier it becomes to eat well because you don't need to avoid them. Mm. Mm, I'm so glad you went into that. Because it's such a good point. I'm, I'm sure everyone's experienced this at some point when, you know, you're really hurt and upset and you sort of go to, you know, most people will go to either like chocolate or, um, or alcohol or, you know, a combination because of the, you know, with chocolate, like the hormones it will release, you know, like the, the pleasure hormones. And, you know, I was definitely guilty of this. I grew up in a household where, you know, no one's really taught how to deal with your emotions. And all that's modeled is usually having a wine in the end of the day to sort of deal with, you know, what's, what's come up in the stress. 
So that's, yeah, often what we see is repeated and it's, it is a very, very good way to, to dull that pain. And, you know, it's not until years later of doing that, that, you know, I have to, I'm okay with now checking in with myself of, you know, why am I, why am I reaching for that? Why am I, even if it's a sugar-free healthy chocolate, I'll still want to check in, you know, or why am I going to that in this um, situation? Is it because that is really the loving action for me or, you know, is it me trying to avoid feeling this emotion? That's right. That's right. And, and it's so sad that most of us um, never have learned. I mean, this is what I see over and over again with people. Not only do they not know how to, how to learn from and, and manage their painful feelings, but they don't even know what they feel. You know, they're so numbed out. Well, I, I don't know what I like. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know how I feel. I mean, I just got um, a text from or uh, an email from one of my clients who's, who's in a new relationship. I, I don't even know. She says, I don't even know if I want sex. <laughs> she doesn't know what she wants. And that's so sad. And that comes from that self-abandonment. You know, and people don't realize how much they abandon themselves, you know, they abandon themselves by judging themselves and, and, and by, and by all of their various addictions and by staying up in their mind instead of being present in their body. And then by making other people responsible and blaming other people for their feelings. And then food becomes one of the addictions, of course, to squash it down and avoid. But then when they do all of these things to abandon themselves it's a vicious circle because they feel more and more empty inside mm. and feel some of those still some of those heavy emotions, you know, that just add to it like guilt, you know, either about food or, mm. um, yeah, not dealing with it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So it, shame. yeah, shame. And so it's circular. Then they don't want to deal with those feelings or, or the existential feelings of life. Let's say somebody is ejecting or yelling at them or somebody they love dies. They have no idea how to handle the loneliness, the grief, the helplessness over losing people they love. These are very big feelings that, of course, should have learned to handle as we were growing up, but we didn't. And so when these feelings of life come up, we'll do anything to squash them because we just don't know how to handle them. And this is a big area that I teach people is how to handle these life feelings. There's a lot of with COVID and everything, there's a lot of pain going on. And the people I work with are doing very well with it because they know how to handle it. But so many people don't. That's why the suicide rate is so high. And that's so sad that they just don't know how to handle what they never learned how. Mm. Mm. And I think that's one of the greatest gifts that we could give ourselves and our children by learning how to how to use this and take care and responsibility for our own emotions and then passing that gift along. Oh yeah. Yeah. When, when children actually do experience their parents taking responsibility for their feelings, they kind of absorb that. They learn to do that from watching their parents do that. But when they watch their parents judge themselves or, or turn to addictions or blame each other, or just stay up in their mind and not even be in their body, they learn to do that. 
They, they learn to develop their wounded self, their ego-wounded self, just like their parents do. And that's sad. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I think um, that goes into, I guess, the connection between high-quality food and then the spiritual sort of development that people have as well. Like they, people find like it goes hand in hand with eating junk food will sort of null your ability to even sort of connect to a higher source, to God, to spirit. a lot of people spirit. are after that in this day and age as well. Yeah, they're searching for something. I guess that makes it difficult. So would you feel like to share about high quality food and I guess the spiritual development that is like sort of tied? Well, that, you know, that that is, you know, what I was saying that motivated me to write the book because I realized that the reason I was able to connect so easily was because I'd been eating the high-quality food for so long. So my frequency was high. So when people eat sugar and, and high-processed food, they, the, the body is not meant to handle that. It works really, really hard to deal with it. It creates a lot of toxicity. That lowers the frequency of the body, making it impossible to spiritually connect or making it very hard to spiritually connect. Whereas when they're eating the clean, organic, natural, nutrient-dense food, that's easy for the body to deal with, and they raise their frequency that way. And then when they add uh, being open to learning about love, about loving themselves, loving others, their frequency just really goes high enough to access spirit. And then, of course, they can be out in nature, which can help, or they can pray and meditate, which can help. But if they're not open to learning and they're eating junk food, they can do all that stuff. I've worked with people who have meditated for years and they still can't connect because of the junk food and and the self-abandonment. Mm, so true. Yeah, that's really interesting because it's, again, that holistic approach and you can't have you can't have one without the other, you know, it's just that missing piece to the puzzle sometimes. And when you get, you know, all of those things pretty, pretty tuned in, dialed in, it sounds overwhelming, I think for people, but, um, you only really have to sort of tackle one at a time, you know, or you might just have one missing piece. I think for those that are, I guess, in a place where, um, they don't know what to do first and, um, would that, yeah, would that be tackling their diet or, you know, focusing more on um, their relationship with themselves? You know, it's, it, it's just not an either or thing. Um, I know it's hard for people who have been eating the processed food to go into a health food store. They get overwhelmed. I've, I've taken people into stores and just taken them aisle by aisle to show them available because they get overwhelmed. But, you know... Uh, it has to be okay to be overwhelmed for a while because they're going to find it's not as hard as they think. It's not, it's not that hard to just eat clean food. And um, it's a lot harder to learn inner bonding. I mean, it's not that it's a hard process. It's not. It's just that anything worth learning takes, takes practice. If you've been avoiding feelings your whole life, it's going to take you practice to start to learn them. So I don't, I don't see it as an either or thing that you do one or the other. Because, I, like you said, it, it's all tied in. It's holistic. And, and, and I've worked with people who have been eating really well for years, but they've been emotionally abandoning themselves, and they still get sick because emotional abandonment creates stress. See? So stress is a huge cause of illness, even if you're eating really well. 
but you're stressing yourself out with, you know, by judging yourself all the time and, 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 you know, telling yourself that you can't make a mistake and you can't fail and you got to be perfect and you got to say everything right and you got to look right and you got to act right and, you know, all of this pressure that people put on themselves and then completely ignoring the feelings that they have about that. That's a lot of stress. People don't realize how much stress they cause. So, so it, it's all tied in. If people want to be happy and healthy and peaceful, it's not one or the other. Exactly. And at the end of the day, it's like it's their choice and responsibility whether wherever they're at in their journey to take that sort of that step as well, because we can't, it's so difficult, challenging for us at times to not judge others of where they're at in their journey, but also wanting to help, but knowing that we can't help them unless they're willing to step in and help themselves and take responsibility for that. So everyone's at a different stage of their journey and we have to sort of respect that and honor that and where they're at. And when they're ready, then obviously we do our best to be able to be of service and help them as well. And so, cause I can relate to that. Is there anything? Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add? You know, I just really want to encourage people to know that that no matter what they're suffering right now, first of all, they don't have to kill themselves, that um, there, there is a way out. There is a way. There is a path to joy. There is a path to peace. And and I, I hope they go to the Inner Bonding website and start with the free Inner Bonding course. That, that's, a, that's a place to start that's not overwhelming. You know, and, and, and begin to learn it, begin to see that there is a way out of whatever the suffering is that's going on for them, that, that they do have the power. You know, intention is the most powerful thing there is, and that is the essence of free will. And when we shift our intention from controlling and avoiding to loving ourselves and sharing our love, that changes everything in life. Mm. couldn't agree more it's a perfect way to end it too yeah, like, thank yeah just you so for much that. and i would encourage everyone to at least check that out and if you do start to learn it stick with it you know it's still a journey for me to keep practicing it for both of us um but when you're committed to learning something like this and committed to your own happiness and development um you know you'll stick with it no matter mm. yeah no matter how challenging how, how challenging and yeah tricky it is to keep practicing and keep with it at times um i wish i had found this years and years ago to be honest like um when i was in some really dark places so i really hope this reaches the right people and thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom oh you're welcome thank you for having me on your podcast thanks for joining us If you're enjoying our show so far, make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And it means a lot to us if you leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as well as share this with friends and family, which will help us get this crucial knowledge out there. If you'd like to connect with us, head on over to Instagram at liveholisticallyau, where you can learn more and ask us anything. See See you you next time. time.